0: This is the 200 Churches Podcast, created to provide resources and encouragement to leaders of the 94% of congregations in America under 500 members. Now, here are two gentlemen that lead in a 200 church and strive to provide information that will make you smile, think, and be challenged. Oh, and they're all-around nice guys. Jeff and Johnny. Thanks for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast today. What is it, the end of the podcast? No. What do you mean, thanks for listening? I was, like, I was saying, we're just starting. You, yeah, like, thank you for turning on... And listening to the no, 200 Churches... let me churches. start this. Let me start. Okay. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady. That's better. And I'm here with... Johnny Craig. Hey, Johnny. What are we going to talk about today? Today, actually,
1: we have a question... From one of our listeners. We had a listener-submitted question, and we have asked listeners before, hey, if you have anything you want us to talk about on the podcast, send us a a voicemail on the website there or an email or something. And actually, uh, Tyler Island from Tennessee sent a question in via voicemail. So uh, here it is. Yeah.
0: Hey, Jeff and Johnny, this is Tyler Island, and I pastor a 200 church in East Tennessee. I had a quick question for you guys, and I would love it if you could answer it in a podcast or maybe in a blog post. I'd love to hear you kick this question around and hopefully provide me with some uh, practical help. But as a younger leader who serves an older congregation, I'm curious to know, how can I effectively influence and lead people who have been members of the church twice as long as I've been alive? Uh, it seems difficult as a younger leader to influence people who are a great deal older than you. So I look forward to hearing your answer. Thanks.
1: The basic gist of the question, Jeff, is how as younger leaders, and and as I listened to Tyler, I had the same question, honestly. How as younger leaders do we influence and lead people who are so much older than us, people who maybe have been in the church for twice as long as we've been alive.
0: Yeah. And that's what got me when he said twice as long as he's been alive. I remember those days. I mean, I remember when I was leading this old guy who was like 92 years old and he really didn't like me very well. So that didn't go so hot. That's not good. Yeah. But I didn't know what I didn't know and I didn't even know that. So (laughs) you didn't
1: know you didn't know what you didn't know. Well,
0: we want to talk about this question (laughs) today and uh, basically as a young church leader, how how do I influence and how do I lead older people? But I want us to start out with some some assumptions that Johnny and I are going to make about you as a young leader in a church. There's four assumptions that we're making before we share with you what we think are eight things to keep in mind as you try to influence and lead people older than you. And the first assumption is you believe you have something worth leading others toward.
1: Right, and and we assume this because you're a you're a pastor, right? You've accepted the call to lead a church, to uh, lead other people toward Jesus Christ, and so we believe that you, listening out there, whoever you are, wherever you are, that you
0: really do have something worth leading other people to, and that's uh, that's Jesus Christ. Because if you don't, you're not gonna you're not gonna have the backbone. No, you're not gonna have the spine. You can't influence or lead anybody. No, really, you won't. Yeah. So, so that's the first thing: this, is you believe you have something worth leading others toward. The second assumption
1: is um, that you. Want their best, so the people in your congregation's best rather than your own agenda and now this one 's harder this is a this is a tough thing it 's
0: still a good thing to assume about leaders, but this is a little bit more complicated Well, the truth is that my agenda ought to be the best for my other for my people right right for the people in my church, that ought to be my agenda is their best.
1: We got to keep ourselves in check though. And I, and I can speak speak especially for the younger leaders is we get we get all excited about our ideas, our visions, right? And like what I want becomes this like driving force toward mm-hmm. uh, the goal and behind our actions, but really we need to like get out of ourselves and look at the other people and really look for their best instead. So the third assumption that we have is that you are committed to the growth of your congregation.
0: Yeah, and that's not the numerical growth necessarily, or it's not your own growth, but really we're committed to our people's growth. Right, absolutely. As we try to lead people that are older than us, we're really committed again to their growth and to their best, not just to our agenda. And then the the last assumption is, You're committed to them as a pastor, a shepherd, and a leader.
1: Yeah, this kind of goes with all the other three, right? Um, We assume that you have the best interest of your congregation in mind. We assume that you have something important that you're leading them toward, and so you are committed to them as a pastor, shepherd, and leader. And that doesn't mean you have to stay in that church for the rest of your life, but you have to be committed to the people during the time that
0: you're there. Yeah, and in some churches, uh, and we've talked about this before, uh, the should I stay or should I go question, Mm -hmm. um, and in some churches, the truth is, You know and your people know because you're really young and perhaps you're you're going to school and you're pastoring a church kind of on the side, although you don't define it as on the side because you're 100% committed to it. But, you know, everybody knows that you're not going to be there forever. But while you're there, you are committed to them as their pastor, as their shepherd, and as their leader. So those are the four assumptions we're going to make. Now, how do we do it? How do we influence people? The first thing is this. The first thing is show them respect we have to show older people respect and the truth is you could take these eight things and apply them to pretty much anybody but yeah. these especially apply to older people and that would be respect in speech and in action
1: yeah exactly and the way that uh, the way that we talk to each other, Um, as leaders, the way that you will probably interact with your friends, that type of conversation and and back and forth, that's not going to fly kind of with the older generation, you know? And and there are always exceptions to the rule. I'm sure that if you're listening out there, you've got some kooky old person in your church and they love going back and forth with you. But by and large, um, when we're talking to older members of our congregations and, you know, we're trying to lead and influence them, the language that they're speaking is respect.
0: Yeah, and it can't just be lip service either. People know whether or not you respect them. Absolutely. So you need to speak to them respectfully. You have to speak about them respectfully. You need to act respectful around them, open the door for them, wait for them to finish talking before you talk. Just all those common sense things. What's the second thing, Johnny? The second thing is you
1: have to build relationships with
0: these uh, older people. What if you don't want to build relationships? What if you just want them to do what you want them to do? (laughs) Well... (laughs) What if you want them to think that your idea is the best?
1: Well, I, it, it would be nice if there was a way to just kind of upload... Right, our ideas into other people, but really any age group that doesn't work. But probably especially uh, with older people because they have a lot of ingrained ideas, they have a lot of ingrained preferences, and so really the best way that you're going to be able to influence them is that you're going to have to build a relationship with them, get to know their patterns, get to know the things that they care about, get to know why they have the opinions that they have, and spend the time with them and put in the communication with them so that you can start to understand where they're coming
0: from. You know, with older people, when they look at a young leader, they have all kinds of questions. The young leader is growing up in a different culture than they grew up in. They have a different generational mindset, and it's only through a relationship that that older person is going to understand you as a young leader. You don't have a chance at them interpreting what you're saying properly if you don't have a relationship with them. They're going to hear what you're saying based upon the assumptions they make about your appearance or about your background or about about some things that you said a few Sunday mornings ago that they didn't quite settle right with them. So this relationship thing is so important. You, you cannot lead people absent a relationship. So Johnny already said time, communication. And then the third thing with relationships is you have to have shared experiences.
1: So shared experiences, that can be anything from going to get dinner, um, inviting them over to your house. If you have children, they would probably love to meet your kids, get to know your family better. Shared experiences can be a variety of things, Uh, elders retreats, yeah, just uh, family get-togethers, potlucks. Just you need to build some type of foundation of experience with these people in order to have any chance of leading or influencing them at all. So
0: I've got a great practical idea. If there's a person in your church right now that you would like to influence or lead and you feel like you're facing resistance or just kind of a, a blank slate, you don't really know how to do it, have you sat down with them across the dinner table? Have you talked to them about what they, what kind of meal they like to eat, what kind of meal do you? Have? have you made their favorite meal for them and invited them over and and allowed them to see your living space and your family and the things that you like? Have you gone over to their house and looked around at their house and found out what kind of a person they really are? Those kinds of things build relationships, and that's going to give you the opportunity to lead, Johnny. Number three. Number three
1: is ask about their lives and experiences and ask with true interest in those types of things. Because the older people of your church, they've lived full lives and they've lived interesting lives and they've had experiences that you can learn from as well. And understanding their, their experiences gets you one step closer to understanding what makes them tick and then being able to influence them
0: um, when that time comes. I remember when I was younger, and in the 70s, uh, one of the shows that was really popular in the 70s, and I was a very young teenager back then, but was Happy Days. And Happy Days was the Fonz. Monday, Tuesday, Happy Days. (laughs) And uh, it was all about the 50s. Yeah. And my parents, you know, they were... My mom graduated in 53, and my dad in 49, so they were like young adults through the 50s. I remember thinking that the 50s was like ancient history. I couldn't imagine the 50s. I couldn't imagine living way back then. It was ancient history to me. Well, now that I'm older, I'm realizing that when you're younger, you have no concept of those decades before you were born. But the older you get, you think of, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago is like yesterday. People love talking about those things that to you. Uh, you could not be less interested in. Yeah. But yeah, but they're interested in it. Exactly. And so to help to build that relationship, you ask them about their lives and their experiences. And then number four is that we learn from we learn from people that are older than us in our church. So in order to learn from them, we again have to listen. Listening is an important thing. We listen to what they're saying. We ask questions. And then we learn from their successes and their failures.
1: They are completely willing to share their lives with you. I mean, the people in your church, they come to your church for a reason, right? They, they have invested in that place, and they want to invest in you as well. So if you are willing to open up with them, I guarantee you that the older people in your church are going to be willing to open up with you. And yeah, they'll, they'll happily tell you what they've learned from their successes and their failures and happily answer any questions that you have about their lives. So the fifth way that we can lead and influence the older people people in our church is that we need to serve them. And um, we mean really serve in a tangible uh, and helpful way, So you can't just say, oh, I'm committed to serving the people of my church and then not uh, actually do anything for them. But we need to serve the people in our church, everybody, specifically we're talking about the older people, in tangible and helpful
0: ways. So now if I were an older person in your church, I would feel like you are serving me as my pastor if you stopped by to visit me. If you gave me your time, because time is the most important thing that we have. When we give our time to somebody, they feel like we're, we're they're valuable to us, and we're connecting with them. So visit them, especially during a life crisis or a hospital stay. And, and older people, they may go in the hospital for an afternoon. They might be there for 10, 11 days. Uh, they could be there for a week or four weeks. But when they get a visit from you, it really means something to them. And then we have to, again, listen. We listen to people. And this is how we can serve people. Listen to their opinions. Listen to their thoughts. Listen to what is important to them. And again, our time when we give our time to people and we give our attention to people, that really helps them to feel to feel cared for and to feel shepherded. Uh, the third thing under serving them is really serving them is to honor their requests whenever possible. Now, Johnny, you had an experience just recently with it with this.
1: I did. Yeah, um, we were we were raising some money for a missions trip and there were uh there was some people in the church some older members of the church who took some issue with the way that we were going about it, and you know, I don't want to get into all the details. It was obviously something that I didn't have any misgivings about, but somebody else, you know, they did, and uh, they gave me a call, and uh, and we talked through it. You know, we tried to keep our heads cool. They were respectful of me. I was obviously very respectful of them, and and sought to understand where they were coming from. And we fi- we figured out how to make a compromise. Right? They made their request. And uh, we found a middle ground, you know? Uh, I didn't have to give up on my fundraiser, and they didn't have to <laughs> quit the church. Uh, we found a middle ground, and uh, that's another thing we have under uh, serve people is compromise when necessary. And in this moment, um, compromise was absolutely necessary, but compromise is not a dirty word. And we live in a society, uh, and with a and I'm, I'm not trying to get on a soapbox or something, but with a government where people act like... Compromise is a bad word, like to cross the aisle and work Mm -hmm. across the aisle. But in the church, compromise should be a word that we use all the time. Well,
0: because it goes hand in hand with putting other people's preferences above our own. Exactly, exactly. So we're talking about compromising preferences or methods. absolutely, Not principles or convictions.
1: We're not asking anybody to compromise convictions, but exactly. When we can compromise on preferences, that's really, I think, where... The church and is going to grow,
0: and people will grow together. Now you you had called me, and I told you to do one thing, but then when you talk to them, you realize no, I'm going to honor a request that they're making because you could you could yeah, honor it. I could honor it, and so I did. And um, that's I think that that's always that's, that's called the win win.
1: That is the win win. That's always the way to go. Your way is not the best way. I promise. You think it is? I thought it was, but it's not. Their way isn't either. Okay, there is a best way out there. Neither of you are going to get to it. So compromise, honor requests when possible, and really you'll create a so much better atmosphere and have the opportunity to influence people. That couple came to the fundraiser in the end and, uh, and they actually were quite
0: generous. So, I mean, it all worked out really, really well. That's great. And, and still in the context of serving people would be to assist them when they practically need it. If we're talking about older people, I mean, just practically speaking, they're going to get to a point in their life when they need somebody to take the trash out for them. They need somebody to get, bring their mail in for them. They may need somebody to just come over and help them with some things from time to time. So as we're able to assist them and, and really serve them, and again, all of these things are under the umbrella of of uh, influencing and leading people who are older than you, and we have just talked about serving, serving them. Number six is to lead by example. If you're a young leader and you're trying to lead the people that are older than you, that have been around longer than you, the best way that you can lead is to live what you want them to live, to be what you want them to be. The worst way to lead is to say one thing and do another thing. So this is kinda, it speaks for itself, lead by example. Number seven, Johnny.
1: Number seven is speak your mind and don't apologize for your views. This one seems complicated based on everything else that we've just talked about. With Respect them, listen to them, listen to them, ask them questions, feel where they're coming from. Now we're telling you, hey, you've done that. You've done the relational work, right? This list, this stuff builds on top of each other. So you've done that relational work. Once you're ready, once you know these people, right? once you understand them and they understand you, Speak your mind and don't apologize for your views. Speak with passion and conviction. Repeat the things that, that you are passionate and have convictions about, right? The, the direction that you want to lead them. Speak repeatedly about it. Speak with clarity and then speak with patience. On top of all of that, just kind of like coat everything that I just said with grace and love. And, and scripture talks about speaking truth in love, right? When you speak to them, when you speak to them about what you're passionate about, when you're speaking your mind, right? And, and not making apologies for your views or your convictions, you can still do all of that with grace,
0: with love. You can do it in a respectful way and in a way that is not abrasive. If you come from a culture that I came from where you We're taught to respect and honor your elders. You know, you stand up when they walk into the room. If they speak, you shut up and you just step aside. The first six things here would be easy for you. The last two might be hard. And the last two were something that I had to learn over time and that as I got a little older, it got a little easier. But I wish I would have learned it as a young leader. If you truly live the first six things we talked about... Then you will be qualified and capable to do number seven—to speak your mind, to speak it with conviction. Because after all, if you're a leader and you have things in your heart, and God is leading you, and you're going to God and you're interceding for your people, and you know them, you have a relationship with them, and you need to lead them into certain direction. If you don't speak your mind, you're abrogating your responsibilities. You're uh, you're really wimping out, and you're saying, "Well, you know, I'll serve them and I'll be nice to them and I'll try to try to do what they want me to do." Do. And, Johnny, you were talking earlier about how young leaders, they can hear that, and they might think, well, wait a minute, I thought we were supposed to be talking about leading and influencing older people.
1: Yeah, but the, the way to influence and to lead people is to serve people first. I mean, leadership is all about service. That's what we that's what we talked about um, before we started this. Yeah,
0: but we were joking about how leadership, we really think that as a young leader, when we're young leaders, we think that leadership is about getting people to do what you want them to do. Absolutely.
1: I I have the right agenda,
0: We've right? we got to get the ball down the field, right? I-
1: I've showed up with the plan. I know where we're going. I know what we're doing. Let's do it. And then and then we wonder why people aren't falling in line behind us. Yeah, as young leaders, uh, that is definitely something that we fall into.
0: And then we realize the definition of leadership is a, is a lot bigger right. than that. And influence right. requires fo- foundation building. Exactly. And influence sets on a foundation. And that's the, all the relational stuff that we talked about. So, again, that number seven is speak your mind. And don't be apologetic because older people, they know their mind and they want their leadership. To know their mind as well.
1: Absolutely. And I, and I said this to you earlier, Jeff. If, if I know who I am and I believe in what I'm saying, it doesn't matter if the person I'm saying it to is 60 years older than I am. Because I believe that it's important. It doesn't matter what the age gap is. I can still say it. I can still put forward that idea because I believe that God has given me that and it's important to put forward. Who cares what the age of the other person on the other end is? I mean, I might tailor the message based on that type of thing. I'm always going to speak respectfully to any age group. And so don't be afraid just because the people are older to not speak your mind. Because if God has laid it on your heart, uh, we believe
0: that you should you should speak it. So some of you would have just wanted number seven. Right. You would have just wanted speak your mind. Don't be afraid. Don't apologize. And move forward no matter what. But number seven really is. You might think it's the active ingredient amongst the other the other seven, but number seven is really the one where you could do all the others. And if you don't do number seven, you're not a leader. Exactly. You know you could do the. One through six, and then number eight, but if you don 't do number seven you 're not a leader. If you do number seven only without the other seven also not items a leader list you 're not a leader you 're no. a little dictator so <laughs> yes, number exactly. eight a young dictator number eight is is to ask for their opinion ask for some pushback, ask for their evaluation, their critique, in a sense of what you said now. Many times you don't have to ask for it, you're going to get it. Oh, yeah. So, number eight is really how to handle it when somebody comes and says, Hey, 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 what about this? What about that? Maybe you have to go back to the clarity piece. Maybe you don't even know your mind as well as you need to, and you need to repeat it again. You need to, with clarity and with patience, uh, communicate. But when somebody comes to you and wants to say, Hey, I don't. Here's my view. I don't think your view is right. Four things that you do. Number one is you listen, and again, this is the third time we've said listen. Listening listen to important. what they're saying. Yeah. Really seek to understand them, and this is a common problem in communication that people listen, but they're not listening to un- listening to understand. Right. They're just listening because it's what they have to do until they can speak again. And number three. Tweak your views if necessary. When you listen and really seek to understand the other person, that might inform you on what your views were. And if you said 10 things, you might think, okay, well, what you just told me changes number eight or number nine. Right. Or maybe I'm going to throw out number two. You're going to tweak your view just a little bit. And then you tell them what you appreciate about their point of view and what you're going to take away from it. Because the truth is, we can learn from anybody. Go back up to number four, learn from them. We can learn from everybody. And if the older person is wise, they're going to listen to you because the older generation has to learn from the younger generation. And the younger generation has something to learn from the older generation. So you share with them and tell them what you appreciate about their point of view. If you don't mind me wrapping this up, my
1: final word of um, encouragement to younger leaders, like myself, I mean I'm a younger leader as well, Um, my final word of encouragement to younger leaders would be respect those who are older than you. Get to know them, listen to them, understand them, find out where they're coming from. It's easy to vilify people when we don't understand where they're coming from, what their point of view is. I mean, it's easy to take somebody who disagrees with us and just turn them into kind of this bugaboo, this villain that we are standing up against. But as younger leaders, it's important that we get to know the older people in our church, so that when we do speak our mind, when we come to that place where we are saying, here's what I believe, here's where I think we need to go, we know who we're talking to, we know how to talk to them, and there's a much better chance that they'll actually listen to what we have to say. I mean, uh, Jeff, you always use the expression, we've built the bridge of trust that can carry the weight of truth. Right. And, right. and that's, that's exactly what we're doing with our older congregants um, when we build these relationships, so that when we speak into their lives, we do have the ability to influence them. Okay, so
0: can I have the last word? You have the last Cause word. Because you had it, but now I'm going to have it. You're
1: the older leader. All so right, you're good.
0: all right. And one thing that I thought that we didn't talk about in this podcast that I just want to tack on here at the end is as a young leader, often we take criticism personally. And I would encourage you to not take it personally. You know, you're the pastor, you're the leader. Don't take it personally. They're not, they're not, when they criticize me, they're not so much criticizing Jeff. Is they're, they're criticizing the pastor and his views and what they see as maybe not helpful to their church that they've been in. And many of them have seen up to a dozen or more pastors come and go. You cannot blame them for wanting to defend their church and defend their turf. So as a pastor, don't take criticism personally. Personally listen to it. Learn from it, tweak your views, tweak your actions, tweak your methods, perhaps, and then just move on. And don't take it personally, because that's just going to defeat you.
1: Well, we hope this uh, episode of the 200 Churches podcast has been helpful to you. If you listen to the 200 Churches podcast regularly, follow us on Twitter. Hey, go like us on Facebook, check it out, subscribe on iTunes. We are always happy to increase the base, and we are glad to know that we are actually making an impact on your lives. And if you've got
0: another pastor that you know of that would be helped or encouraged, there's a a lot of pastors out there who are lonely, who are discouraged. Some of them are even, even ready to pack it in. You know what? Just uh, send us their way, and we would love to encourage as many pastors as we can. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches podcast. Feel free to give the guys feedback or ask questions at 200churches.com. And remember, the leadership that you provide in your 200 church matters big in the kingdom of God.